Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Save Not Soft. If this is your first time, hi, my name is Emmy Moore. I am the host of this podcast, Save Not Soft. And this is a podcast just learning and listening about how to navigate your walk with Christ, what that looks like, how and what does it mean to be a Christian, and what do I do? What does that look like? What do I do now? <laughs> uh, this is called Save Not Soft for a reason. This is not a easy journey. This walk is hard. It is narrow. It is it is something that is uh, not easy to combat. And God is using me as a vessel to speak to you guys, to minister to you, and to also be in community with you guys. Uh, first off, just want to thank God always for um, the pleasure of doing this and um, spreading his word and being a living vessel to his word. And also a huge thank you to you guys um, for just being faithful and persistent and consistent. Um, just on my heart right now is that um, I, I know I have a lot of people who watch and who listen, and I... I just want to kind of open up with this validation and appreciation and honor for you, the church, sons and daughters that are listening, that God sees you, that I see you, um, God hears you, uh, God is pleased with you, God enjoys you, and he thanks you for tuning in, for being curious and hungry for his word and what he has to say, and I'm blessed that I get to be a part of that journey Um I think a weird thing is it's not, it's not weird. It's like I'm trying to get out of it being weird. Uh, it, it's like I got to get used to it. But um, to know that God is using me to change and save people, like I'm not the one who's doing the saving, but the the fact that I get to be a part of it um, just by openly being a vessel is something so amazing and profound. And I'm so blessed for each each and every single thing that God says on this channel and everything that uh, you guys are receiving as well. So um, I see you guys, I hear you guys, and I'm praying for each and every single one of you as well. Uh, I want to open up this uh, this message in prayer. So if you guys could please bow your heads with a girl, ladies and gentlemen, bow your heads before the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, we just um, first off want to invite you into our presence, God. We know that you are always with us, that you always see us, that you are for us and not against us, God. And I just pray that today that we learn something new, that either we receive a new revelation or we confirm an old one and that can become new. I pray that you make our thoughts your thoughts. I pray that you make our desires your desires. We just thank you and we love you. And uh, I pray that you use me. I pray that you sharpen my tongue and give me confidence. I pray that um, the things that come out of my mouth is your words and not mine. This is your podcast, not mine. I'm just the intercession. I'm just the vessel, God. And I just pray that all the glory goes to you and to no one else because you deserve all the praise, all the glory. We just want to be filled with your joy today. And I pray that... Um, my fellow brothers and sisters on the other side of the screen get like joyful. I, I just pray that there's, there's joy and I pray that there is motivation and I pray that this stirs something in their soul. And I, and I pray that this starts something as well. God, we love you. We trust you. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And the church said, Amen. Hello, you guys. Hope you guys had a good week. I had a really, really good week. Like, I went to Dallas for almost a week. I was supposed to go for three days, extended my flight because I had that much fun, <laughs> and uh, came back. And now I'm slammed with just work and podcasting and all that, which, which I'm not complaining. It was just, um, I extended my flight 
because I loved it out there so much. And then uh, came back and I was like, oh, crap. I still got a whole bunch of stuff I got to do. But um, God, God taught me a lot while I was out in Dallas. So um, praise God, literally just had such a fruitful week. Um, I'll kind of go into that maybe another time because it really doesn't have to do anything uh, with what we're talking about today. But um, yeah, I, I feel like my trip I just took was really fruitful. And uh, this episode is coming out late because of that. I flew into uh, the airport yesterday mad late and I went to worship night straight after because had to gotta see God so I hung out with God for a little bit and then came back home went to sleep woke up and then I had to work gym um just do a whole bunch of stuff and I couldn't get the podcast out today because I still needed to pray and meditate and all that stuff the message is out now okay that's all that matters it's a day late but me like my little like everything needs to be perfect mind uh just like wanted it to happen yesterday but it didn't it's okay i'm just bantering at this point i hope you guys had a great week that's all i'm trying to say i had a great week now i'm just slammed so pray for me (laughs) that uh i get things done in a good timely manner y'all um today i want to encourage y'all not i god wants to encourage y'all god really wants to encourage the church today and my notes ain't even up let me put this up (laughs) I was just, I think God is really excited to talk about this because it's, I believe this is probably the number one thing us as a church needs to work on for him to come back. I don't know when that's going to be. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be one of those conspiracy theorists that's like, God is coming through this generation because this is happening right now. This is right. Keep it a buck. I don't know. And I don't need to know. All I know is that when God comes, I'm going to be ready. But is the rest of the church ready? Are we as a church, as a whole congregation, ready for Jesus to come back? And what do we need to do in preparation of that? That's not the topic of this. It's just kind of something (laughs) that was just a side thought. But uh, Jesus needs to come back to a bride. And his bride is the church. And, you know, if you got a phone or social media or let alone just live, (laughs) you know that uh, there are churches that are corrupt. There are churches um, that are very strict and religious and have caused people a lot of church hurt and trauma and people or pastors who preach and it's not necessarily the word, it's their own agendas. And while I'm not here to call out like, you're a false prophet, you're a false preacher, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm actually here to offer the invitation of grace, extend it out to those who need it, and to point to what we actually need to work on instead of actually calling everybody out on on their crap, to to say, look, this is what we need to work on as a church instead of exposing, 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 exposing. Instead, we need to unify with one another to build each other up. So so today we're going to talk about discipleship and community and the importance of it because a lot of people are distancing themselves away from the church and it's hurting their salvation and it's limiting their salvation. I, uh, if you follow me, I have like so many social media accounts. (laughs) So I have one for my podcast. I have one that's my personal like influencer page. Like I've just always 
been an influencer in general. That's been my job for a few years. So um, my regular influencer page, I have a spam page that's called Not Anymore on TikTok, and it's a Christian page um, where I just go and speak whatever. Some of you guys may have known that. Some of you may have not. And I have my podcast page, my business page. I think that's the last one, but I have a lot of social media pages. And uh, I saw this video last week. And um, to be honest, I didn't even want to bring this up, but it, it came up. It's coming up. I didn't even think about bringing this up. But last week, there was a video that was made. And it was this pretty well-known TikToker. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know her, but a lot of people did. And um, she was explaining her experience with the church and uh, how she said, you know, I came to the conclusion and I feel as if I need to distance my my relationship with God and my relationship with the church. And a lot of people agreed with that, that, hey, as long as you're doing it on your own, you're good. That is not right. That is not okay. I'm tired of people saying and people okay with running away from the church. Like, I'm, I'm very aware this is going to upset some people talking about this, but it's necessary. It's so necessary to know this. That God's people is worth fighting for. And... The, the relationship between your church and God shouldn't be something that's separate. It should be something that's together. And we're stripping this principle of unity away because we're getting too, too ticked off of what pastors are saying. And this person did this and this person did that. And we're putting microscopes. We're, we're putting a microscope to the church's sin, which Obviously, we can't all be correct. We're human, we're flawed, we're sinful, right? And uh, while I could agree that not every congregation is perfect, I've been to some churches where I was like, nah, but am I going to sit there and unqualify people in a place where the doctor heals the sick? Instead, I sh- we should be praying for one another. We should be uplifting one another. It's like sometimes it's too much condemnation, like too much like judgment and not enough grace, a balance between grace and truth. How can we implement that in the church? And I really, really believe in God has told me that it's a discipleship issue. People want to do things on their own now. But Jesus had 12 followers. Jesus had his church. Why don't you go to yours? My notes, I ain't even looking at my notes yet. (laughs) I'm not even looking at my notes yet. Church is so important. Community is so, so important. And I've heard people say, well, well, church is just a building. You're so right. I completely agree with you. I agree with you so much that sure, you don't have to go necessarily to a building to be in a church. But what does your circle look like? Like, because people will say like, oh, church is just a building. Okay, well, what does your friends look like? Who's pouring into you outside of church? Is it a YouTuber? Well, you can't really have a conversation with them. It's one-sided. It's, it's a monologue rather than a dialogue. That's not church. 
Church is the unity between God's people. And you can't have church. Church isn't, oh, I'm going to go take a nice drive and listen to a sermon. That's not you going to church. That's not you being in community. That's you going on a drive and listening to a sermon. Which there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a reason why we need to be one with one another. And we look at Jesus in this. Why do I say Jesus like that? And we look at Jesus through this because through his whole ministry, he had people. He had his church. He had people following him. He had friends. And if we're called to love like Jesus, why are we denying his church? Why are we denying his people? If we're called to love like Jesus, but we think this is like a my faith, my way thing. Brothers and sisters, you are wrong if you think that way. I'm not trying to be prideful. Like this is like this is biblical. That is not right. I'm going to give you guys some examples. But uh, oh, gosh, I wrote this, too. Sorry, I'm just reading my notes now. <laughs> I think I think God is just very urgent to unify his people. And uh, God spoke to me. He said, there are too many people missing out on discipleship because they're so caught up in the image of church rather than focused on the beauty and the presence of God. People are so focused on church and just like, oh, will this church look like this? It it is all about God. It is not about the media team. It is not about the pastor. It is not about the mission team. It is not about the worship. It is all about Jesus. And when you're focused on the the trajectory, there we go, of the church rather than God alone, of course, you're like you're you're measure like you're measuring something to something that is perfect. God is perfect. God's people is not perfect. That's the whole reason why God is here. That's the whole reason why God is the head and we are the supporting ligaments. So I think a lot of people think, oh, well, since God's perfect, the church got to be perfect. No, because we live in a sinful and broken world. That's where we got to bring in discernment and grace. And I've been to some churches to where I've been there and I was like, yeah, nah, this is not it for me. But instead of going on social media and exposing them and sending hate comments and disqualifying them to the calling that God has put over their lives, I'll pray for them. Encourage others to pray for them. And that's what we need to do as Christians is pray for one another, love one another, and yes, hold each other accountable, but to a measure that is graceful and gentle. I didn't even plan on talking about that. Simply, if you love Jesus, you would love his people. And a lot of people are running away from the church thinking that, oh, I love Jesus so much that, you know, I just want to pursue this on my own. I have my own walk with Christ. I have my own salvation. And yes, salvation is personal. I completely agree. Everybody has their own walk. But like I said, Jesus had 12 followers. Jesus had 12 friends. And you think you could lock yourself in a room and have a relationship with Jesus and love like him? How are you going to love like Jesus when you're doing it alone? And Jesus loved people. 
and had 12 disciples. Does that make sense? It's like this isolation thing, like, oh, I could do it on my own. No, you can't. We need one another. We absolutely need one another. Relationships is is something that is so beautiful. We we I, I understand about God's character is that He's a relational God. And the number one thing that matters on this earth is relationships. So how why why would I miss being in relationships with other people? That's what God wants me to do. So we could all be in relation with one another. That's why we're brothers and sisters. I even plan on talking about that. Oh my gosh, I'm going so off my notes. <laughs> if you love Jesus, you would love his people. And God submits to the church as the church submits to him. This is his bride. It talks about this in Ephesians 22, uh, 5.22. You can look this up. I don't want to explain the whole thing. I will another day because it kind of ties into some other stuff uh, that I know I would want to talk about if I read this verse. But the Lord submits to his church. And the church submits to the Lord. So why are we trying to separate and dissect the thing that God is coming back for? We are called to be unified together. And we are called to one, to love one another. John 13, 34 through 35. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. So we are, dis- we are disciples by loving one another. I... People know that I am a follower of Christ when they see me love other people the same way that Jesus loved other people. And I, th- I think people think that um, love is just a feeling. Like, oh yeah, I can love you. I'm loving you like Jesus. <laughs> when it's actually actions. Because we understand that Jesus is the truth. This is, I, I'm a literalist, so I think Pretty literally. So if we're supposed to love like Jesus, we're supposed to love like the truth. So I'm not going to sit here and encourage your sin. That's not loving you. Because a lot of people think that loving like Jesus is, oh, you could be whoever you are. Like whatever decision you want to make, I'm going to support you and love you through that. My brothers and sisters... Loving each other is not encouraging one another in sin. Again, that principle of grace and truth. I can love you, but I can also hold you accountable with gentleness, with patience, with self-control. I could love you, but still hold you accountable to the things that God has called over your life. And I'm not loving you when I'm encouraging your sin. And when I'm saying, oh yeah, you could think whatever you want to think. You could be whoever you want to be. You could ident- I, you can identify with whoever you want to identify with. That is not loving you. That is corrupting your faith. And I would not be loving you like Jesus if I was encouraging your sin. I love you so much. Like I'm saying this, like me and me more. I'm saying this to to those who are are listening. I love you, brothers and sisters, so much. 
that I will love you through the truth, which is Jesus. And not by culture, not by society, not by the works of this world, but by alone what the word and what the Lord says. And it, he even says in uh, John 15, 10 through 17, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Why is that? Because you can't remain in true love because Jesus is love. And Jesus is the truth. You can't remain in that if you're entertaining lies. Do you understand that? That's why he's saying, if you keep my commands, because my commands are true. And I'm able to love you in this way. In continuation, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So Jesus also loved us because he obeyed his father. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other so powerful like I think we're loving each other the wrong way I really believe that that we do want to love one another but I think we can sometimes do that without God's input Like, oh, this is what love looks like. Let me just go love this person. You will never understand how to love people if you don't understand who God is. Love isn't something you just make up. It's a divine characteristic from the true Father God, the King of Kings. And to think that I could just love someone without knowing Him, I can't. Because I know that He is love. And to to love someone has to be built in his principles and by his character and by what he says and who he is. I just can't encourage you and into something that I know is going to corrupt you. And I also love Jesus so much that I can't keep him to myself. I think people will get this image of Jesus and have this relationship with him, which is amazing. But then they'll just kind of, ooh, <laughs> they'll just kind of hug it in and not show anybody. I see a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm Christian. I ain't know. That should be evident. I'm sorry. If I have to guess if you're a Christian or not, you're Christian? Oh, yeah. Oh, you go to church? Nah. I don't go to church. Why don't you go to church? Oh, you know, they just really hurt me. I, I had a question and they just kind of turned me down. And, you know, I, I, I didn't really feel accepted or loved and validated being there. Okay, I understand you. I see that. Yeah, I get people can hurt. 
Did you try going to another church? No, nah, I didn't. No, nah, I didn't. Why is that? Because, you know, I just, I just don't trust the church. I don't, I don't like it. You know, I just, there's a lot of fake people and people who show up and, you know, I feel like they're there just for social media and to look good. That's what a lot of people sound like. I shouldn't have to guess if you're Christian or not. Neither should people. It it literally says in scripture, I just read it, literally just read it, that you are Jesus' disciples by loving one another. People will know that you are a disciple of Christ by the way you love people through truth. Not by encouraging their sin or hiding your relationship from God, but loving him so much that you can't keep him to yourself. That's the whole reason why I started this podcast. I love God so much. I love Jesus so much that this is not something I just want to keep to myself. I love God so much that I need everyone to know. I love God so much that I'm standing on a on a mountaintop with a with a microphone like 3 inches away from my mouth in front of a camera and a ring light just sharing the goodness of God because I love him that much. Like <laughs> I I know most of y'all women on here wouldn't you get mad if, say you had a boyfriend, I have one, but anyways, um, say if you had a boyfriend, and I know a lot of girls who get upset when, you know, their boyfriend don't post them on social media, like, you never post me, it feels like you hide me, or like, won't hold their hand in public, or, you know, like, it, it's just kind of secretive, like, anyone know anyone like that, to where, uh, you kind of have this relationship behind the curtains, but once you out in public, it's just kind of, you would think they was friends. Or you wouldn't think they were friends at all. They just look like two regular people. Like we do that with God. We're the the boyfriend that doesn't post our girlfriend on social media. <laughs> like we we're that guy. We are literally that guy. That doesn't show off the one that we love most. If you love God, why don't you tell people about it? If you love God, why don't you spread his word? If you love God, why don't you go to church? Like, I, like when people like tell me they're like church hurt and like other stuff, it's like, I get it. But like, how much do you love God? Because I, I'm not trying to say I'm holier or a better Christian, but like yesterday, for an example, I landed at the airport and went straight to worship night. Absolutely exhausted. Didn't take a dang shower. And all my luggage was in the car. I had Taco Bell everywhere. I drove straight to worship night because I love God. And I don't care what I have to do to be in his presence. That is the love that, that, that the Lord wants everybody to have. That's the joy that the Lord wants everybody to have. Is this, I will go to the ends of the earth to love you. But still, there, my love, my measure of love will never match up to God's. Because God loves me on a completely, a completely different uh, realm. Like a completely different level. God, 
God's love for me and God's love for you is so out of this world and beyond my imagination and beyond my creativity. But as much as I can love and that I am capable to love God, I will. And I could do that by loving his people so much by sharing his word and being open and praying for you guys and loving you guys and encouraging you and sending you scriptures and keeping you in the loop and just, I just honestly just love y'all. And love is not something you could just hide. Have any of you guys felt love? Like when you love something, when you love a pat, like you just want to talk about it and just show everyone. Why don't people do that with God? And you're going to say you're a Christian? I'm like, do you love Jesus? Do you? <laughs> do you love God? And I, I'm not saying like, I, I get where the salt, the earth at the same time. So it's like, you know, not every converse, not every word that comes out of my mouth for the rest of my life is going to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Obviously, I have to go to work. I go to the gym. I do things. Uh, but like still. People will know if you love Christ or not based off of your actions and based off of what you do and say. I want to tap into what is our job as disciples? Because I think we run away from the church and then go, okay, we got to love one another. That's our job as Christians. What is really our job as disciples? To lead people, to minister to one another. To help one another. What is, our, what is our job? And I really want to encourage you guys to come back to the church. To come back to, to the feet of Jesus. And even to people that you despise, minister to them. Pray for them. Pray for your enemies. It's going to be so much more rewarding. And I know some of y'all listening to this mad salty like, oh my gosh, will she just really take me off? Or, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to him in years. Or this this person really hurt me. Please pray for them. Because it's not them who's doing it. It's the sin inside of them. It's literally the last thing Jesus said on the cross. Nailed up. He said, Lord, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Because it's not about my own motives. It's about the sin that's in me. My sin's motives. You don't know what that person's going through. Love. Pray for one another. And that's one of our jobs as disciples. Is to serve people in that way. Uh, Mark 8.34 says, Then he called to the crowd, uh, Then he called the crowd to him, Along uh, with his disciples, And said, Whoever wants to be my disciple Must deny themselves, And take up their cross, And follow me. That is, That's what it takes to be a disciple. To deny yourself. Do you understand what that means? The word discipline is literally in the word disciple. (laughs) Discipline? Like disciple? Discipline. Discipline is a part of discipleship. God said, first you must deny yourself. What does that mean? And I, uh, I talk about this a lot. A lot of people will do things based off of how I feel. I feel this. I feel. 
I feel like my pastor isn't right. I feel like I shouldn't go to this church. I feel like I should have a relationship with God this way. I feel like this is how things are supposed to go. I feel like this is what it means to be a Christian. I feel like this is what I should do. I feel like I should do this. I feel like I should do that. It's always I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. You need to deny that part of yourself. What do you know? Well, I know what God says. I know that God says that my heart is deceitful. I know that God says that I shouldn't lean on my own understanding. Who do I lean on then? If I have to deny myself, who do I accept? Christ. Because after, you got to take up the cross. So I put down everything that I have. So I deny. Hello? (laughs) I hit my mic. So I deny my flesh. I deny myself. I deny everything that could be suppressing me. I take that off. And I deny that and I accept the cross that I have to carry. That's what it looks like to deny yourself. And we live in a culture that's very love yourself. It's okay to be who you are. Be whoever you want to be. Anything can happen. You can make things happen. You're the one who makes changes. It's all about you. Love yourself. Treat yourself. It's all this pointing fingers back to you. Isn't it funny how Jesus is the opposite? Look how the word, like, look how the word works versus the world. The world says, love yourself. Take care of yourself. Self-love. Be yourself. You were born this way. Jesus says, you need to die to that. Jesus says, you need to die to the sin that you were born in. Deny it, take it off, and put on the cross. That's what Jesus says. And y'all can't knock me for that because it's biblical. It's his word. And, you know, if you don't believe in the Bible, then none of this I says matter. None of this that I say matters. <laughs> but if you believe in the Lord Jesus and in his word and what he says. That's what he says. Deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. And we know that discipleship requires discipline. And Hebrews 12, 10 through 11 is like one of my favorite verses. And it says, they disciplined us for a while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline means seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I just love that verse so much. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. It's painful to deny yourself. It is absolute, like to go against everything that you know and everything that you're, that you grew custom to. Heck yeah, that hurts. As a sister in Christ, I'm a living testament to that. There have been addictions that broke, like there were things I used to do that I loved. I used to love to smoke. 
I used to love to party. I used to love. I'm not going to say that. I used to love doing stuff with men. Like, I'm, it was fun. I'm not even going to cap. Like, can we be so transparent? Like, uh, what did Transformation Church say? Um, humble, open, and transparent. Can we be, can we be very transparent right now? Those things were fun to me. You know how hard it was to put that to the back and go, ooh, I got to deny that part of me. It wasn't necessarily like the things. It was why I wanted to do it. I had to deny that. That was really hard. It wasn't necessarily smoking that was hard uh, to, to deny. It was the fact that I can't suppress my emotions and my mentality was something other than Jesus. So when I threw that away, I was confronted with God. That was hard. When I gave up doing stuff with men, I had to deny the part. It, it wasn't necessarily, okay, like, I am i don't have to do that with you guys. Like, that's not what was hard. It was, okay, now I have to find my validation my father and male validation from Jesus and not from these men that gave me temporary happiness. That was hard to do. I still struggle with that to this day. Not going to lie. <laughs> it's the daddy issues. We'll talk about that one day. We'll talk about that one day. That's a different topic. Uh, yeah, that's a topic I need to talk about one day, but God is working on it. I need to learn a little bit more before I speak about it. But, you know, uh, these things are hard. They take time. They take patience. And to deny yourself is very hard. To tell yourself no to a world that tells you yes, do it, is very, very hard. But my brothers and sisters, if you want to be a disciple of Christ, you must deny yourself. And discipline is painful. But, oh, I love the buts. It harvests amazing fruit. The best fruit you'll ever taste. And why, why would, it's like, imagine just like seeing a dead tree and being like, grow, grow, you can do it, grow. You can do it, just grow. Just bear the fruit, you know? And it's like, that tree's dead. You can encourage it all day and you could say, be you. You look great. But it's still a dead tree. But if you see another tree that's like almost dead, you know how hard it is to bring that thing back to life? The things you have to prune? The things you gotta cut off? That hurts. That hurts to be pruned. But... It will harvest fruit. The negative always bounces back with the positive. It's, it's necessary. Self-discipline is necessary. Not, not only for your salvation, but to be a disciple and to lead others to Christ. 110%. Another job of the disciples is, it says in Matthew 20, uh, 18 through 20, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given 
to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He said, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. We are also called to teach. Not just, you could be whoever you are. I love you for that. We are called to teach, to implement what God says. Like, this isn't just, it's all love. It's like, go out, catch the fish, and God will separate. We're not called to do God's job. We're called to love one another. We're called to teach one another. And we're called to catch the fish, to catch the souls, and God will be God and separate the fish. Mm-mm-mm. To bring one another in unison. Matthew uh, 4.19, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. We are fishing for people. That is our job. We are fishers of men. That's kind of fun. Like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fisherman for, for, for fish that I get to bring to the Father and go, here's all the fish, God. I can't fish when I'm locked in my room watching a sermon. And not telling anybody about it. I can't get fish that way. I have to get fish by going to the store to go somewhere to get something and to be in the presence of other fish. I'm just thinking so literally. Like, you can't bring fish if you're not in a place where fish is. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. John 14, 12. What a beautiful verse. And they will do even greater things? So I I believe and I do what you say and because you live in me and because you died for me, I will do greater things. Not just for myself. Because it's no longer about me. But it's about the church and God's people. And we are called to unify. And every time I talk about unity, it's the same thing that comes up. Because there is there is one. there Like, like out of everything I've read in scripture, there is one book, one chapter of scripture that just does it for me. Every time. And that's Ephesians 4. I talk about this all the time. If you know me on a personal level, I think I'll bring up Ephesians 4 in the first like 10 minutes of you talking to me because I believe that Ephesians 4 is so important for everybody to know their purpose, their roles uh, in the body of Christ and their purpose in the kingdom. Ephesians 4 just chops up everything perfectly for me. And I'm going to read it to you. Um, Ephesians 4, 12 through 16. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge uh, of the Son of God who became mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people and their deceitful, sch- and their deceitful scheming. 
Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Do you understand the analogy? Like, this body of Christ is not just Jesus, it's all of us. Christ is the head, and we are the supporting ligaments. That is a pinky finger, that is a kneecap, that is your appendix, that is your your shoulder, that is your elbow, that is your, what is this called, a phalange? Like, that is, do you know what it means to be a supporting ligament? That's like all, everything else besides this, it's everything else. But a pinky finger does not work the same way as my liver. They have two completely different jobs. But if my liver fails, my whole body cannot work in unison. If my pinky gets cut off, I'm not going to be able to do things the same. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every role of the body matters. And we are all the sporting ligaments. Your strengths could be a calf. My strengths could be an ear. Like a calf and an ear does not work the same. We are all supporting ligaments. We all have different roles in the body of Christ. But you know, once you cut off the head to something, everything else dies. So if I were to cut a head off, the rest of the body wouldn't matter. None of it would matter. None of it. And to think that to deny the rest of the body, oh, this this is nasty. Because we understand that Christ is the head and the church is the supporting ligaments. (laughs) Your appendix can't keep everything alive. Everything needs to work in unison. You need... Your thumb, you need kneecaps, you need your toes, you need your liver, you need your heart, you need your esophagus, you need everything for the body to work fluidly. So when you're denying the church, you're actually setting up this false expectation that, okay, my pinky could take care of everything. None of this has to work as long as my pinky does. That is false. Because that is not the full body of Christ. We are the supporting ligaments. You can't deny the other parts of your body just because they have a different job than you. And if you're the pinky finger, babe, I see you. (laughs) I see you, babe. And you have a very important role. Whatever God has called over your life is so important. That God just doesn't want you to experience it alone. That it needs to be shared. It's not just something you should keep in the back burner. Just kind of, ooh, God told me this, so I'm just going to keep it right here. God wants you to share it. God wants you to share your faith. And I'm going to end out with this. 
I feel like this was kind of a shorter episode. Maybe. Or am I tripping? I feel like it might be shorter. And he says, oh, wait, do I want to say this or do I want to say, um, okay, I'll say this one. Uh, John 13, 12 through 17. Now that I, your Lord teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will also be blessed if you do them. Jesus humbly put himself in a position to wash his disciples' feet by saying, like, you guys are all the same. Like, no messenger is no greater than his master. Like, I will humbly put myself before you because that's how much I love you. We need to do that with one another and not let position carry out the way we treat people or principles. We are all on the same page, you guys. We're all human. We all need to extend each other grace and truth and love one another and hold each other accountable. But by running away from the church and discouraging one another and making exposing videos and like, it's not, it's not going to get us anywhere. It's not going to get us anywhere. And lastly, Jesus says in John 15, 18 through 19 is, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as your own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. This comes with a very crazy (laughs) repercussion. Are you okay with the world hating you? Are you okay with that? Do you love Jesus so much that you are okay with the world hating you? I want you to think about that. Because that's what it takes. This isn't this isn't easy, you guys. But this is something that we must do when you are a part of the body of Christ. And I just want to encourage all of you to love one another, to pray for one another. If you know someone who hasn't been to church, take them. Who's been distant, take them, invite them, pour into them. Like, you guys, we need to be there for one another in all aspects. And even if someone's wrong about something or they say something that's like, "Uh, God doesn't really say that, or you know what, your theology is kind of off, like, correct them in a gentle manner. Be respectful. I'm tired of seeing, like, TikTok videos and YouTube videos of this person being exposed and the commentator is completely disqualifying them from the position that God has called over their life. How are you going to disqualify people when God has never disqualified you because of your sin? I'm going to get into this topic another day. Um, can I be transparent about that? I, uh, my like third episode I wanted to put out since I started this podcast so that was like, what, like six months ago, is an episode I want to call, I think this is the title, is Why You Always Hating? Because Christians are slowly becoming haters, and I don't like it. And we're hurting the church by doing this. We're hurting and killing unity. And it breaks my heart because people are becoming way too judgmental and and disqualifying people when Christ doesn't even disqualify them. 
and judging to extreme measures and being straight up hypocritical. I'm not going to talk about that today or anytime soon because God needs to tell me more about it because I know that once I do talk about it, it's going to get a lot of attention. So um, keeping it to myself, just warning y'all that, you know, I've been writing that episode for about six months now. Uh, It's been really heavy on my heart. I'm just praying for each and every single one of you guys to be encouraged this week to bring people to church, to go to church. If you haven't been in a while, try it out. Just, it doesn't hurt to try. There are good people. There are good people. Coming from a person who did not trust people and did not like to trust people, there are good people that you could trust. Hmm. No, it's quiet. Sorry. Just kind of thinking, just sitting here, just kind of taking in what God said to because I learn when I speak and hear what I say. I take in what God says through me. It's like weird. It's like I black out when I talk. And then after I'm done, like God's done talking on here, I just kind of take it in. And I'm like, okay, there's some things I have to learn as well. Yeah. Just walk out this week, you guys, with encouragement and spread the gospel. Be disciples. Love one another. Spread the truth. Obey him. Mm. I love you guys so much. So, so much. Um, Going to close out with this, uh, which is announcements. If you have been saved through... Th- any of my episodes or through this podcast, there is a link down below or in my link tree of my Instagram and you press it and it says, I got saved and you just put your name, how I could pray for you and I will be praying for you. Um, I'm just blessed that people even do get saved through this podcast. It is so crazy to me um, and it absolutely blows me away. So if that is you or you have been saved and didn't fill it out, please fill it out so I can pray for you and just love you and pour into you. Um, also, if you need prayer, uh, I also have another thing in my link tree. Also in my description down below, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, that says I need prayer. If there's any way that I could pray for you, please put it down below and I will happily pray for you. Last thing, if you feel led to tithe towards this ministry, to give, um, I have my little cash app for this ministry. It's not a personal account whatsoever. Don't trip. I even touch the money, let alone, I don't even think I've looked at it, but I lied. I looked at it, uh, but <laughs> she, <laughs> but, uh, I've looked at it. Yes. But, um, I don't, I don't touch it for personal, uh, stuff. It's literally straight towards this ministry. So if you feel led to give, uh, you're more than welcome to with the link being in my link tree or down in the description of the YouTube. If you can't give, prayers are always appreciated. Uh, just pray that God continues to use me and that uh, I am just growing in my theology and I'm growing in my knowing of him and I and I stay in that strong relationship with him and that, uh, that I'm just confident in everything that he calls me to be. Um, just just prayers, honestly. If, 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 if that's one thing I could ask from you guys, it's, it's prayer for sure. But uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. And next week, I, I know it sucks that I do it bi-weekly, but, you know, God's got to pour into this uh, ministry the way that he wants to. So, yeah, I love you guys so, so much. So, so much. 
Have a great rest of the week and love you guys. Bye.